Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me today. This is something that I have wanted to do for quite some time. Like I'm sure many of you, I am a podcast lover. I Well, in, in preaching, I, I like to listen just anything I'm doing. Any moment where I can even hear a little bit or, you know, comprehend a little bit of what someone is, is talking about, I want to listen. Whether I'm taking care of my kids and they're playing in the other room or cleaning my house or taking a road trip or honestly anything. It doesn't matter. I want to be listening to something. And so I have a lot of favorite podcasts in probably the last two years. I have told my husband over and over so much that he's probably sick of it, honestly. But I have told him over and over that I would just love to do something like this. I felt like it would be a great outlet for me. And he would just say, yeah, go ahead and do it. But something in my spirit just kind of felt like a pause or a hesitancy. You know, one, I am a mom and I have two young kids. Ezra, he's my oldest, and he just turned four years old. He is the king of saying no and doing the opposite of what he, what you want him to do. So that's a challenge in itself. And then I have a little girl. Her name is Abigail. We call her Abby. And she is nine months old, and she is a big old hot mess. She is seriously into everything. And so I've honestly felt like my hands are really full sometimes. And my whole thought was, with not doing something like this, was I can barely wash my hair regularly sometimes. How in the world do I have enough energy and brain space, and anything to give to something like this. And so I have really, I've had the desire and the want to, but I never really stepped forward and did that. But lately, I kind of, I'm also really a big old chicken when it comes to a whole lot of things. And so I wouldn't ever kind of step out in that way, if that makes sense. But my husband, um, here's how I even how I even actually started. My husband, we are evangelists. We are on the road full-time with our family. And when the quarantine started with the coronavirus, we got sent home. <laughs> so what was supposed to be our busiest month in March, we were supposed to be in like 26 services in that month. But what was supposed to be so busy turned out to be slow and we had a whole lot of time on our hands and he thinks that he can do everything which he can but he he likes to really have a lot on his plate and he was like I would love to start a podcast so what did he do the next day after his idea he got online and he started researching the best microphone um in his budget that he could start a podcast with and so he's looking and he, he asks some of his friends and all this stuff and he he orders it. And I'm thinking, okay, that was so fast. How do you make a decision that fast? But he's just confident like that and he just was going to go for it. And so 
that microphone comes in and by the time it comes in, you know, I ask him, hey, are you going to start that? I've asked him several times because like I said, I'm a podcast lover and his would have been number one on my list. But he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I guess the quarantine kind of ended, well, the first time, right? We're in a second round of somewhat of that, but it kind of ended sooner than we thought. And he, he realized, hey, maybe I don't have time for this like I thought I did. And so he said, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I have enough on my plate. And I'm like, yeah, I know you, you like to do everything. You have so many things going on. He, he's recording a CD right now and he's still, even though, um, services, some places are canceled, he's recording a lot of messages and sending them out. And we're also working on a rent house little project next door to us. And so that takes a lot of our time too. Plus, when you have a family, you know, it's just like there's not enough time to go around to do all the things that you want to do. And so a podcast is what he decided. Well, maybe I don't need to do that. And I had already been in my prayer time saying, God, you know, I just want to do, I want to do something. I want to do something more and I don't care what it is or what it looks like. But I just had this desire and I wrote in a journal you know, in this season, we're on the road and, and there's not a lot of consistency and um, as far as just like everyday life, you know, every day we wake up and we're doing something different. And that is not a complaint. I'm so blessed to do what we do, but that's just a reality. And um, I wrote in a journal and I just said, God, you know, if there's ever a day where we're, where we're steady, if there's ever a day that we're in one place, I would absolutely love to open up my home and have women come in and do a a ladies Bible study. And I would love to, you know, cook for them and make coffee and little desserts and, and just really dig into the word and, and just love on these women and be an encourager. And that is something that I've really, you know, desired. And I know that it's not in this season. And so that being my recent prayer and then this this little uh, microphone that he bought being available, God kind of nudged me and reminded me of that prayer, you know, and kind of diverted, not diverted, but averted my eyes to that microphone. And I thought, okay, well, if I can't be with one set, what about if I'm just available to anyone who will listen and anyone who needs a friend? And so that's kind of where this has started. And that's really what I want this to be is a, you know, a place where you can come and we can drop everything else. That doesn't mean we stop doing everything else. I know the majority probably of listeners will be women and you're on the go 24 seven. Even if, even if everyone else is asleep, you're probably awake and cleaning and, or, or reading or studying for your schoolwork or whatever it is, you're doing something because, I, I think that's just how we're wired is we're wired to just get things done. So even though you really probably can't actually drop everything and listen for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, I just hope that in your mind and in that there's a little bit of space that you can give God and slow down mentally and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of leave my focus from all the things that I need to do and everything on my list. And I'm going to say, God, I'll just slow down and I'll hear from you. And so when you come, that's, that's what my, I guess that's what my goal is, is that you feel like you're just coming to my house 
and grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting across from me on the couch. Those are my favorite kind of days and those are my favorite kind of um, spots to have my friends is that they just get to come over and we have like three hour long coffee date while the kids are playing in the other room. And uh, the only difference with this one and a real coffee date at my house is my kids won't be um, interrupting every 10 minutes <laughs> because they are sleeping. When I record this podcast, it will be like 10, 11 o'clock at night when everyone else is asleep and it's quiet in my house and it's just me. And um, so that's what this will be like. So I plan, what do I even plan to talk about? You're probably wondering, okay, what does she even have to say? But I um, I want to share just some personal moments throughout the podcast um, that I've had with God and things that He's spoken in my spirit, those at-His-feet moments that are just really intimate and personal, and I've never felt the go-ahead to share. There's so many of these stories that have happened, and I haven't really told anyone because I felt like it wasn't this season, but I feel like it is now. And so I want to share those moments with you and um, share experiences and, and different words that He's given me. But also, um, throughout the podcast, I also, in our travels, we get to meet just incredible people. One thing that I have, I have found, we've been evangelizing now for three years full-time, and honestly, about a year before that, we were still going about every weekend. And um, what I have found is that no matter the city, no matter the size of the church, or the style of the worship music, or the age of the people that I meet, is that the people of God are so inspiring and we just have gotten the chance to meet so many incredible people and, um, you know, people that maybe you don't know their name and maybe you never would have the chance to, but I know in meeting them that you need to hear their story and you need to know some of these people. And so that is what my plan is, is to have different, uh, I guess, hidden gems is what you would call it. People that are faithful and steady and and doing the work of God so faithfully when no one sees and maybe no one knows, but they're just have the right motives and a pure heart. So I'll have different friends that we meet, young, old, male, female, whatever, people that are sincere and that I've come to admire and really love will be on here. And I just want um, you to have the chance to meet some of the, the ones that I've gotten to meet. So that's that's really what I what I plan to do. Um and and maybe some of that will change as we really dig into this. First, there is a series that I really want to share with you of honestly where this name came from. Uh the name of the podcast came from a few God moments. And God is really I've been digging in, you know, to to different people in the Bible that fell at his feet and why they were there and what he did and how their relationship with him formed through that action, that posture of being bowed low before Jesus. And so that's what we'll talk about these first four episodes. My plan is to do an episode every other week and it will drop on Thursdays, every other Thursday. And uh, so we'll go through this series and then I'll probably do a few interviews and I have another series that I really want to get into also. But I, I really am excited for this. I'm excited that you're listening 
And um, I hope you just just keep keep coming along and and dig in to the word with me and just see what what God has to say to us. Part one of this series at His feet is called a Merry Mindset. If I had to title it, you know, this first experience, I, I'm only sharing it to say that. God meets with me in the simplest of ways, and that's how He wants to meet with you. I'm sure that you know this, but we were in Redding, California, and um, this is a place that we have been several times, but when this happened, it was our first trip to this church in Redding. The pastor and pastor's wife, last name is um, Bobo, and they have just been so wonderful to us. But in this revival at their church, we were um, we were in every night prayer meeting. My husband and the pastor felt they really wanted to dig in. They wanted to see souls saved. We were so hungry as a church body to see God pull in new souls. And he did. He really did. There are people still there today from that revival. And um, maybe one day I'll have to tell you about some of them. But for today, I want to tell you this story. So here we are, and it's it's one of these prayer nights, and we had we had been going for several weeks. We stayed a month this time in that city. We'd been going for several weeks doing prayer every night, and this night was just a little bit different. Um, I set Ezra on the pew; it was chairs above me, and I laid myself on the ground. First, I knelt, and then when I was kneeling, I thought, before I even open my mouth, I'm like just knowing that I've kind of hit this wall. And I thought, you know, I'm so tired of asking God for stuff. God, I'm so tired of asking you for stuff. And so I, I thought, you know, I need to, I need to fix this. And, you know, one thing for me that I've always dealt with and um, something that I have in the last little bit really pushed to get rid of and pushed to break is pride. And pride for me has never been about, hey, look at me, or or puffed up, or thinking that I'm really something. But pride for me has been not look at me, but but really don't look at me, and uh, let me let me not say anything, and let me bury this, you know, talent or whatever it is. And you know that might sound odd to some because we don't think of pride in this way, but. If I think so much of myself that either I think that I will, you know, completely make the plan of God happen or I will ruin it just by me, by my actions, then that's putting more emphasis on myself than it should be, right? Because if it's about God and if it's not about me, then either way, what does it matter if I fail or or if I succeed? Either way, I can know it's not about me. And um, my husband once explained that so perfectly. Um, someone was asking about some miracles that we saw. And he he said, you know, if it happens, it wasn't me. And if, if it doesn't happen, it, it, it wasn't me. Either way, I know that when I step out on faith and I'm obedient to God, that it's God doing the work. And so for me to conquer this pride, which doesn't look like maybe everyone else's pride, but I know I'm not the only one. Um, I have really sought and pressed for humility. And so 
this night, I knew that was something that God wanted me to really fight through. And I thought, you know what? God, I want to humble myself. And I laid down on my face in between two pews. Ezra's on the pew above me and he's playing a game. And I, I said, God, you know, I bow myself low. I just want to lay before you. And I said, God, if I could just lay at your feet. And I'm telling you the moment that I said that, something changed. This wall that I'd been up against, this thing where, you know, I felt like I'm praying, but nothing is happening and I'm feeling nothing. And all of that really just just got swept away. And like a rush, God just, just came and, and settled where I was. And I was so taken back by this. I couldn't believe how strongly and how quickly he had come because I hadn't even prayed two minutes, you know. But it was the posture that got his attention. It was me saying, God, I lay myself low. I'm not asking for anything, but I just want you to know that I'm here. And I I bow myself. And I don't need anything. I just want you. And in that moment, you know, okay, I'll say this. I am not one that has visions or dreams or crazy things. But this was a vision. And my eyes were closed, but it was like they were open And I knew exactly where I was. I was at the feet of Jesus in the vision I could see. And I was so moved because I had prayed it and I had said it, but I didn't actually think that he would take me there and let me, you know, lay in that moment. And so I I know that I had almost no words, you know, in those moments where, where God is so close, I never remember all my wants and all my needs and and the laundry list of people that I love that need God and and all those things. I never remember those things. I just think, wow, (laughs) I'm in in the presence of the King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is right next to me. And all I can do is just pour my love out on him. And as I saw his feet, I'm just, I'm just weeping, you know, it's like I can, in, in the spirit, in this vision, I can see my tears just falling on his feet. And all I was reminded of and all I could think of was that sinner woman in the Bible. You know, the one in, when Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house and this woman comes in and, and she, she bows at his feet and she worships him and she wiped her tears with her hair and kissed his feet. You know, as cleaned up as I am compared to my first day that I came in the church in 2010, I was 18 years old when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, but I was a wreck. And as cleaned up as I am, you know, compared to them, I still know, I still know, you know, such were some of you. I know, I know what I was when I came to God and I know how grateful I am to be able to even be in his presence and for him to even look at me and for him to come close to me. In the in the scripture, in the story, the Pharisees, they say, um, you know, they didn't actually say it out loud, but they said it in their mind. They say this, they say, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. But then Jesus tells this story and he talks about how basically when a debt so big is is forgiven, the love is more than if a small debt or a small need was forgiven. And so that's how this woman stood. She knew 
She knew who she was. She had no, you know, the the Pharisee was like, if if that man were a prophet, he would know who she was. Well, he was a, he was more than a prophet, right? He was God wrapped in flesh. But this woman, in the same way, she knew who she was, and that caused her to love him so much, and to show him such love and such devotion. And that's how I feel, and that's how I felt in that moment. I I physically I I wiped my my tears from his feet with my hair and I kissed his feet. I'm laying on my face and, and all this is happening and I'm just so moved and, and just in awe, you know, of what I felt in that moment and how close he was and how close he let me get. And, and, and it was really a time of reflection of everything that he had done for me. But, you know, like, I guess as a mom, you probably, if you are a mom, you know this, or maybe you've witnessed this. Kids have a really a good way of bringing me back to earth. And Ezra, my son, brought me back real quick. I'm in this deep moment, and I'm worshiping God, and I'm having this vision. And it's it's so powerful, and I have, I cannot explain it enough how powerful it was and how life-changing it was. But Ezra... He had just got these new tennis shoes that day, and they were really grippy on the bottom. They're these cute Under Armour lime green and gray tennis shoes, and that lime green, pokey, grippy rubber sole stomped on my head. <laughs> this same head, right, that's laying at the feet of Jesus at this just incredible place, stomp, and I'm out of it, right? <laughs> so he pulled me back down to earth really quick, but... You know, I, of course, got up and took care of him, and I'm, like, hurting so bad because he stomped and pulled my hair out. And I get him back, and I lay back down, and I I still go back to prayer, but it wasn't the same moment, and I just couldn't get back to that place. It was like God gave me a preview, and, and it was like a beckoning to come back. Because once you go there, you want to go back. Once you, once you get at that place, at his feet, it's somewhere you long to return to. It's something that you chase after. And it's something that I have chased after. You know, in thinking about chasing after this place at his feet, I can't help but think about Mary. Mary had three instances where she went to Jesus' feet. All three of them were so different. But... All three of them, she knew her place, and she knew that this posture got the attention of God. The first experience is when Jesus is teaching, and and Martha's in the kitchen, and Mary goes, and she sits at Jesus' feet, and she's just listening. All this work is to be done, but she goes, and she sits down at his feet, and she wants to learn, and she wants to listen, and she wants to be taught by him. So Martha comes in and she's like, Jesus, like, are you kidding me? I'm working and I'm serving and I'm busy. I'm doing all of these things. Are you kidding? Is this really, are you going to let my sister just sit there as I work? And you know what Jesus says to her? This is um, paraphrased by me from the Amplified Version. Uh, He says, Martha You are busy and anxious and worried about many things. But Mary has chosen the good part, that which will not be taken from her. 
And if you are Martha, I am many times Martha. I'll say it again. Jesus says to you and to me, you are busy and anxious and worried about many things, but Mary has chosen the good part, that which will not be taken from her. In this moment, we learn that there's always going to be work to do. There's always going to be things to clean. There's always going to be meals to cook and even even church obligations to fulfill. But when you have a chance and when Jesus is drawing and when Jesus is close, we've got to learn how to get low and we've got to learn how to bow ourselves down and listen and let him speak to us. Let him teach us because the work will always be there. You know, every time just about that we see Martha, she's working and she's busy and it's wonderful and it's so needed in the church. But we've got to find balance between doing and being. We've got to find balance between doing every single thing on the list and just being in his presence. And yes, we can talk to him while we're while we're doing, but there's something different about giving him all of your attention and saying, God, nothing comes before you. In the second instance, you know, we see this is this place that Mary returns to time and time again. So um, Lazarus has just died, and they had sent word for Jesus to come, and he hadn't shown up on time, right? So Martha goes and she meets him. I believe it says she meets him, like kind of at the outside of town. And so she goes and, and she says, Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And nothing really happens. You know, I've heard it said before that Martha came and she was snappy and, and she was ugly and rude when she said it that way. And it was, it was the way that they said it. You know, because Mary comes and says the same thing. But I really believe that it's not what she said, but it's the place from which she said it. Because Martha comes and, and, and she's just normal. She's just talking face to face, right? But Mary, it also says this next. It says that Jesus sent for Mary. He remembered her. He wanted her to come. So he sent for her, and when she comes, she throws herself at her feet, at his feet. Throws herself at his feet in front of everyone, not caring who sees, not caring what else is going on. And she says the same words. She says, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And something about the place where she said it from to me, and the emotion with which she said it, it says that it moved him, and that's when he wept. The same words, but different location. We all have these needs. We have these things that we bring to God, and we say, God, what are you doing? God, where are you? And it's okay to say those things. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to, to be uncomfortable with the circumstance that we're in. But it's a place from which we say it. If we'll get low and we'll bring it to him and we'll, you know, let him know that we're hurt. Let him know that we're broken. But if we'll get at his feet, if we'll say, God, 
if you'd have been here, if you would have moved on my behalf, if you, if you would have done this, if you would have listened, if you would have whatever, you know, whatever it is, then it would be different. The outcome would be different. And I really think that's what made the difference because as soon as Mary spoke, Jesus was moved and he wept and then he went and did the work. The thing that she thought that they had missed out on, the thing that they thought was already supposed to happen and now would never happen, Jesus went and did because of her posture, because of the location at which she said it. Just something to remember. Being at his feet is a powerful place. It's a place of relationship. It's a place where we come back over and over. He knows us. When we, when we go there, it's different. Everyone doesn't go to that place. Everyone speaks face to face, but who, who gets low and, and bows before him? Both physical and in your spirit, you know. In the third experience that she has with him, you know, others others did not understand this. They were celebrating that uh, Lazarus had had risen, and it was a little bit later. And they're having this this dinner, and guess where Martha is? She's she's in the kitchen, and and she's working, and she's serving, and there is nothing wrong with that. But Mary. Like before, Mary has chosen the good part. When he's there, we've got to go. And in this scripture, it talks about how she comes and she breaks that ointment on him. And she anoints him for burial. That's what he later tells them when they aren't understanding. And, you know, when they they don't understand why she did that. And why did she give something that costs so much just to pour on him, to pour on his feet? And um, the thing is this, is that once again, she knew the place to go. She knew how to worship him best. And it was, it was bowed low and it was at his feet. And, you know, I think that, I think that she, she probably felt led to do that. You know, you don't do something that, that crazy, this spike nerd that she broke, I read that um, it was so precious and so expensive. It, it was an oil, and it was made from these dried roots and stems of the spikenard plant. Um, in the first century, around this time, it was the amount that she gave. I, have, I read it over and over. You know, you read something, and then you think, okay, is this true, or is this someone's opinion? But I read it over and over, and it said that that was equivalent to some of their year's worth of wages. That's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. And she broke it, and they're not understanding. They're like, "You could have sold that. You could have, you could have given that to the poor. You could have done so many things with that, and you just wasted it." But you know, it's worth noting that it wasn't wasted when it was on Jesus. Sometimes people might not understand the way that we do things when we come to God, but it's worth it, no matter what it is that you give. As long as it's a sacrifice, as long as it's in worship, it's worth it to give it to God. You know, she's the one that anointed him. So many times, we're the ones saying, God, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. But she came and she anointed him. She poured out onto him. 
She had no expectation of reciprocation, but just love. How neat, right? No expectation. She just poured it out on him because she she wanted to, and she wanted to worship him in that way. I think this with Mary is that she found this place where she could be close. She really didn't care that it was his feet. Who wants to be at someone's feet? But, you know, at someone's feet, at that level, you're not eye level for anyone else in the room. Yeah, people might see you, but you're not the first thing that they see. It's not it's not about you at that point. When you when you look into a room or you look into a situation, you don't well, you usually look down at the feet. So I think in a lot of situations, if we're bowing ourselves slow, we might not be the first to be noticed by men. But God, God will see, and that's who matters. Another thing that I have felt, you know, lately in my spirit is that, you know, yeah, the feet, that's the lowest place you can go. It's, it's, I mean, somebody's feet, especially in those days, right? Their feet were gross, but, um, it might be the lowest place on the list, but to me, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care if nobody knows my name. I don't care if nobody sees that I'm the very bottom. I just want to be on the list. And if I can touch Jesus wherever it's at, I I just want to I just want to be close to him. And I think so many others feel that and and can relate to that is it doesn't matter where I'm at on the list. I just want to be on it. My thoughts today just keep circling around this is if you'll get there, if you've been there, you know, at his feet, that close, bowed low in humility and in love with no expectation of reciprocation for whatever you're giving. If you'll get there, he will visit you and he will know you and and he will be moved by you. And if you can get there, it's a place that you'll return to over and over. And he'll give you access to it. Anything that you need, you can find there. It doesn't matter today what you're facing or what what's going on in your world. I mean, look around us, what's going on in all of our world. None of that matters when we get to his feet. Everything else fades away. And we can just focus on him and it can be us and Jesus and all of the problems and all those things can melt away. But it's also a place where he'll answer those prayers and, and where, where he'll do those things, where he'll be, he'll be moved by us to, to answer, to listen, to be whatever we need. Strength, peace, whatever, whatever you need when you bow yourself low and when you go to that place, he's there and he's willing. And as you pour out on him, though you have no, no, you know, expectation of return, he will pour out. He pours out in that same way. What a God that he'd give us access to him, access to be close to him. I hope today is just giving you a desire for more. 
I hope today is just giving you a knowledge that God has more for you. And, and if you've been there before, that God's beckoning you to come back. And he's drawing you to come back with open hands, open arms. He's saying, come, come close. I'll meet with you. I'll speak with you. I'll pour into you. I'll be moved by you. Next episode, we'll be talking about the man of Gadara, the demoniac from Gadara in his instance. If you want, you can go and you can um, read his story. It's not very long at all, but you could go and you can read his story. And that way you'll have some backstory for what we will be talking about, something I've really dug into and I'm really excited about. In the meantime, go and test him. Try to get to that place where you lay yourself low and you just bow at his feet, even if it's for a little bit. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.